Part Five of Terror Out of Space by Lee Douglas Brackett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Five. Lundy broke into a trembling sweat. He shut his eyes. It didn't matter. He saw her. He couldn't help seeing her. He tried to fight his mind, but he was tired. Her hair hid most of her. It had black night in it, and moonbeams, and glints of fire like a hummingbird's breast. Hair you dream about. Hair you could smother yourself in and die happy. She raised her head slowly, letting the veil of warm darkness fall away from her. Her eyes were shadowed, hidden under thick lashes. She raised her hands to Lundy like a child praying. But she wasn't a child. She was a woman, naked as a pearl and so lovely that Lundy sobbed with it in shivering ecstasy. No, he said hoarsely. No, no. She held her arms up to be free and didn't move. Lundy tore the net loose from his belt and flung it on the altar block. He got up and went lurching to the door, but the kelp things were still there, still hungry. He sat down again in a corner as far away from both places as he could get and took some benzedrine. It was the wrong thing to do. He'd about reached his limit. It made him light-headed. He couldn't fight her. Couldn't shut her out. She knelt on the altar with her hands stretched out to him and a shaft of golden light falling on her like something in a church. "'Open your eyes,' he said. "'Open your eyes and look at me.' "'Let me free! Let me free!' Freedom Lundy didn't know anything about. The freedom of outer space, with the whole Milky Way to play in, and nothing to hold you back. And with the longing, fear, a blind, stricken terror. No, Lundy said. Things got dark for Lundy. Presently he found himself at the altar block, fumbling at the net. He wrenched away and went stumbling back to his corner. He was twitching all over like a frightened dog. Why do you want to do it? Why do you have to torture men, drive them crazy for something they can't have, kill them?" "'Torture? Crazy? Kill? I don't understand. They worship me. It is pleasant to be worshipped.' "'Pleasant?' Lundy was yelling aloud and didn't know it. "'Pleasant? Damn you!' So you kill a good guy like Farrell and drown Jackie Smith. Kill? Wait, give me the thought again. Something inside Lundy turned cold and still, holding its breath. He sent the thought again. Death, cessation, silence, and the dark. The tiny glowing figure on the black stone bent over its knees again, and it was sadder than a seabird's cry at sunset. So will I be soon. So will all of us. 
Why did this planet take us out of space? The weight, the pressure breaks and crushes us, and we can't get free. In space there was no death, but now we die. Lundy stood quite still. The blood beat like drums in his temples. You mean that all you creatures out of space are dying? That the, uh, the madness will stop of itself? Soon, very soon, there was no death in space. There was no pain. We didn't know about them. Everything here was new to be tasted and played with. We didn't know. Hell, said Lundy and looked at the creatures beating at the crack of the stone door. He sat down. You, too, will die. Lundy raised his head slowly. His eyes had a terrible brightness. You like to be worshipped? he whispered. Would you like to be worshipped after you die? Would you like to be remembered always as something good and beautiful? A goddess? That would be better than to be forgotten. Will you do what I ask of you, then? You can save my life, if you will. You can save the lives of a lot of these little flower people. I'll see to it that everyone knows your true story. Now you're hated and feared, but after that you'll be loved. Will you set me free of this net? if you promise to do what I ask. I would rather die at least free of this net." The tiny figure trembled and shook back the veil of dark hair. Hurry, tell me. Lead these creatures away from the door. Lead all of them in the city away to the fire in the mountain where they'll be destroyed. They will worship me. It is better than dying in a net, I promise." Lundy got up and went to the altar. His feet were not steady. His hands were not steady either, untying the net. Sweat ran in his eyes. She didn't have to keep her promise. She didn't have to. The net fell away. She stood up on her tiny pink feet. Slowly like a swirl of mist straightening in a little breeze. She threw her head back and smiled. Her mouth was red and sulky, her teeth whiter than new snow. Her lowered lids had faint blue shadows traced on them. She began to glow in the golden shaft of light like a pillar of cloud rising toward the sun. Lundy's heart stood still. The clear gleam of her skin, the line of her throat and her young breasts, the supple turn of her flank and thigh. You worship me, too. Lundy stepped back, two lurching steps. I worship you, he whispered. Let me see your eyes. She smiled and turned her head away. She stepped off the altar block, floating past him through the black water a dream thing, without weight or substance. 
and more desirable than all the women Lundy had seen in his life or in his dreams. He followed her, staggering. He tried to catch her. Open your eyes, please, open your eyes. She floated on through the crack of the stone door. The kelp things didn't see her. All they saw was Lundy coming toward them. Open your eyes. She turned, then, just before Lundy had stepped out to death in the hall beyond. He stopped and watched her raise her shadowed lids. He screamed, just once, and fell forward onto the black floor. He never knew how long he lay there. It couldn't have been long in time, because he still had barely enough oxygen to make it to the coast when he came to. The kelp beasts were gone. But the time to Lundy was an eternity, an eternity he came out of with whitened hair and bitter lines around his mouth, and a sadness that never left his eyes. He'd only had his dream a little while, a few brief moments already shadowed by death. His mind was drugged and tired and didn't feel things as deeply and clearly as it might. That was all that saved him. But he knew what Jackie Smith saw before he drowned. He knew why men had died or gone mad forever when they looked into the eyes of their dream, and by looking, destroyed it. Because behind those shadowed, perfect lids there was nothing. End of Part 5 End of Terror Out of Space by Lee Douglas Brackett